a multi-touch link building tactic that can help you rank quicker. With Bilzebal, let's do it. Welcome to the Rebel Growth Podcast. I am Borja Beso, and every week I bring you step-by-step growth and only marketing strategies that you can actually implement in your business to see some results. It's my pleasure to have you here, and let's start with another episode now. Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome back to the Rebel Growth Podcast. Thank you so much for being here. Today's featured guest is Bill Sabald, and we're going to talk about a white hat link building tactic that you can actually use, what Bill thinks about paid backlinks, why to avoid them, and how you're going to go about utilizing the strategy that we're going to discuss today. So if you're looking to build backlinks for your, your SEO strategy and you don't really know how to do it, this episode is going to be perfect for you so you can increase your organic traffic and get your website going on the search rankings. So without any further ado, let's jump right into the interview with Bill. So Bill, man, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for being here. Well, thank you for having me. Yeah. So why don't you tell us a little bit about what it is that you do and, and what your company does and what you're all about? So my company is, is Green Lane Search Marketing. We're right outside of the Philadelphia area, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Um, we are a, even though GreenLaneSEO.com is our URL, we're, we're a bit more of an SEO than an SEO, just an SEO company these days. Definitely more of a inbound marketing company thinking about conversions, um, thinking about you know conversion rate optimization, content strategy, um, all the blocking and tackling of traditional and, and modern SEO, still still doing all that, but uh, you know, very much interested in how SEO fits into the the full digital marketing picture. How SEO, you know, we think about it holistically, and we try to uh, with our clients, we try to get them to understand that you know SEO plays a bigger role than they probably traditionally thought, and you know, how can we tie it into their uh, KPIs and their goals and their other marketing channels, right? And um, how it is that you came to be an SEO? <clears throat> how did I become to be an SEO? It was a long time ago. Um, I started making websites, music websites, in the 90s. I remember it was before Rollingstone.com even came out. So we had a nice little run before they came out and slaughtered us. Th- these were the Napster days. I'm not sure how old you are and if you remember those days, but it was a while ago. And um, I, I got interested in getting traffic from, you know, back then it was Excite and search engines like that. So SEO became just a a means to get any kind of traffic I could. And, and as it developed, I sort of followed along and, and uh, yeah, it's not a, not a sexy story, but it's, it's my story. Just sort of dragged along with it the entire way. All right. All right. And yeah, and, and nowadays it's much more, much more difficult for sure. <laughs> Um, we have to be much more, I don't know, people-minded, if you know that's a term that we can use. So, what are, what are your thoughts on link building, like nowadays? So, I've always thought of link building as a. Um, I, I traditionally thought of link building as basically a tactic. Usually, it's a tactic just trying to get you know the page rank. Today, we think about it uh, at GreenLane more as a a means of uh, digital PR, right? So, the <coughs> scalable link building. Definitely have done it. I, some of it can get you in trouble. Some of it, you know, maybe it still works. 
Um, now, I think link building today works best when you really focus on the, you use data to decide what links you actually want to get. Uh, the links that can actually drive traffic, relevant traffic that could do something in your funnel, those are the kind of links that I think Google is starting to recognize um, as being valuable and the ones that I think Google's starting to count as um, you know a stronger ranking factor. So link building for us, we, we encourage um, all our clients to think about it as more of a digital PR move where you you if you want that link, if it's really worth something to you, then spend a little bit more time trying to get a relationship started. Sometimes it really is a one-to-one relationship and it, it takes a couple passes to get conversations going. It's not as, it's clearly not scalable um, to the degree it used to be. But, you know, we, we've seen, you get those big links sometimes, whether it's from, you know, um, you know, a Mashable or something like that. That's what moves the needle. Sometimes the little links, even in aggregate, you're not seeing a whole lot anymore. So work for the big links. Why not? Well, do you have like a, a preferred tactic? I know we have a specific tactic that we're going to discuss in, a, in just a moment, but do you have like a favorite tactic? Yeah, not so much in tactics, right? So I, I always think about what's the goal, what are the strategies that can reach that goal, and what are the tactics that need to be part of that strategy. I, I don't have a, a favorite. And as we're sitting around as a team trying to figure out, you know, what everybody, you know, is it, as an agency you want to work together and try to put everybody's heads together. And, and I, I often think about that. What are the, my go-tos? I don't think I have any anymore. I certainly did. I, I don't think I have any go-to tactics anymore. I, I get, yeah, I get you. I get, I get why that is. Um, and uh, there's there's a question that I've been having, you know, for a while, in in our industry specifically in the marketing dash business industry. Do you, do you think there's still a lot of you know paid you know people paying for links going around in our industry specifically? Uh, the answer is yes. <laughs> there are still a lot of people doing that. Um, there's certainly. <sighs> There's, there's definitely. I can tell you for a fact. There's, there's even a, some big brands that that still do that. Um, sometimes they're bartering. Sometimes it's a flat out, you know, payment. You're, you're not seeing the big companies anymore who used to broker those links. They're often smaller. But once you create a network, once you have a sort of a, a rolodex of people that will, will sell them to you. Um, yeah, it, it's still happening out there for sure. It's a risky. It's a risky uh, move for sure. Um, I mean, uh, I get how how you could perhaps uh, engage in an email conversation with someone with a website owner, and eventually, you know, uh, offer to pay for a link, and that would definitely be hard to track uh, from for Google. If it's, I mean, if you do it the right way, sort of a new article, not an old article, where, where suddenly. You know, this random link was updated. Um, but if it's a newer article, perhaps, I mean, how can, how can Google track these, these sort of pay, paid links? I think unless Google, I mean, Google's comprehension, Google's intelligence is always getting better. I, I think right now they're not at a, a spot where they can find them all. They, they just can't. I, they, I've seen, you know, cases even with, with links from Moz that were completely editorial um, where Google just, you know, called it wrong. Um, but I see a lot of things that, that look like they could have been paid for, you know, getting through. So I think Google has a balance here, and I just don't think their technology really can measure intent yet. Okay. So let, let's talk a, a little about this specific tactic. 
Um, uh, this article that I came across on your website, a link building tactic on the back of brand equity, something that you've seen land on your inbox and what are your thoughts on it and how can people utilize it if they want to utilize it? Sure. So this one, I think it's a... Um, Tell us what it is, first of all. Yep. It's a... It's, it's something I like and something I don't like. I like it if it's done right. I don't like it if it's done, you know, with a with a lazy attitude. So what it is basically, here's, here's the scenario. Um, marketer uh, works for a reasonably known brand, a, a brand name that, you know, would impress somebody. This marketer reaches out on behalf of their client to a blogger or a website, and, and they have a little bit of information about that that blog or maybe it was a post that they wrote. Let's say it was a, a post that they wrote. They reach out and they say, um, uh, hey, blogger, you know, we, we here at Coca-Cola, we really liked that piece that you wrote about ABC. Um, we agree with ABC. You know, they, they start kind of playing the old ego bait uh, move. Say, uh, at, towards the end of the email, they say something like, hey, why don't you get in touch with us and we'll talk about maybe doing something together. Next step um, in the plot line here is the recipient, the, the blogger says, holy, you know, Cal, Coca-Cola recognized me. That's great. Um, I'm going to respond back. I can't wait to see what they have in mind. They respond back. Um, third step is, and this is, you know, a multi-touch uh, link building campaign. Third step is the marketer says, hey, thank you so much for reaching back. So what we'd really like to see is maybe you could write something about um, you know, X, Y, Z, and hey, we just so, you know, we just happen to have a post here, or we happen to have a, an asset or something that you could use if you want to um, that relates to X, Y, Z. If you write this, what we'll do is we'll share it in our social stream, right? Because our social stream, we're a big brand, we have, you know, 50,000 followers, yada, yada. Um, it can work and it can be great if you're a small blogger and you like the idea of writing about X, Y, Z. Um, you, can use the asset if you like it. They're not telling you you have to. Um, hopefully, they're not choosing whether they're going to share your content or not based on whether you use XYZ, um, use their asset. But you know, for the smaller brand, I think it makes some sense because they're going to get a new audience if the if the larger brand actually does share the piece. Right. I mean, it works for the bigger brand too because if you do choose to use the asset that they suggested to you then they get a link out of it. And how do you think people approach this? I mean, because, I mean, uh, I can speak for from my experience in outreach uh, in our industry, like, <clears throat> like excuse me, like we, we were just uh, talking about our industry is much different because people are, they, they are educated. They know what's going on. Um, uh, everything, uh, you know, outside of our, our industry is kind of the wild, wild west, right? Um, so there's a lot of people who who still don't are not minded about the whole, you know, sort of sneakiness or or being very cautious with with your words, be very cautious with how you build that report or send that first cold email, and uh, and, and that's why people get a lot, very discouraged with with these tactics. You know, they think that they're gonna come up with a, a, a you know an Excel sheet of fifty names and just cold email them, and then they see basically no results from it and say, no, this is this is bull bullcrap. I'm I'm not going down this route. You know, white hat linking. You know, it's not for me. Whatever. Uh, there's definitely a you know a process a follow up. Uh, I think 
I think the the use is on the follow up, and you know the, the use is on building a connection. So uh, I think people have to think on on the wider picture, you know, the bigger picture. Um. So so what what do you think are some of the steps these guys took to to get your you know to to get to you? Well, I I totally agree with you. Uh, this kind of link building definitely has a low conversion rate. I I always stress to our clients, um, you know, ex expect that. The few that the few links that you may get from it, ideally, they're the powerful links that move the needle. That's usually how we overcome that. But yeah, that this is definitely most white building, white hat link building tactics are um, are, are low conversions. Um, so the the one problem that I have with this tactic is you can you can use tools. There's tools like Pitchbox and there's tools like Buzzstream that can pull in information about your prospects. Um, they can pull in data, social data. You know, you can see a little bit about who they are. You can see a little by, by their Twitter bios maybe, or you can see um, some of the things they tweet and you can see some of the posts that they wrote and you can get a general sense of who they are. That general sense is often not enough. Sometimes if you really want to win this link, if it's worth going after, you want to do some research. Um, the post that we're talking about that I wrote, my problem with it was they didn't really know enough about, about who I am and, and what I write about. They they read the title of my post and they responded in the in the letter to me. Hey, we also agree with uh, you know that content has to have a meaning. Well, that was that was the title. That's really all it was. The rest of the interaction didn't talk much about that. It, it ended up going into a social media conversation, which I don't talk much about. So it wasn't really my comfortable spot. I think what they could have done to have done this better is is spend a little bit more time understanding who I am and then try to figure out an angle to, you know, make it something that I actually would like to work with, you know, make it something that, that attracts me. What's, what's the value to me? Yeah. The big brand value that's definitely attractive. Um, you know, you'll share it on social media, but what else you got, you know, what, what, what other, what other components are going to get me excited? How are you going to relate to me? How do I know that we're, we're in sync? Those are the things, those are those extra steps that I think the recipient you know, and a lot of times, like you said, they're they're not people in marketing. Sometimes they're just people looking for, um, you know, an opportunity to do something outside of the norm. You know, so create those opportunities in in that outreach email. It takes a lot of thought. It takes creativity. When we started doing SEO, and it was all about well, what's you know, keyword density and all that. Those days of SEO of just being you know technical, we're, we now have to be marketers. Those old days are gone, and we have to now start thinking creatively. And this is a great place to do it with link building. Right, <clears throat> and I'll make sure to link to that to that specific article on your website from the show notes, so that people can go and read the um, uh, the email templates that we're talking about, because that's how they are actually 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 gonna see what what we mean with with this whole you know approach that people that whoever uh, reached out to you didn't really know what what you know what the article was saying was talking about, and he he ended up talking about social media to you. Um, right, man. Uh, any any other tips that you would like to give someone who who's trying to approach this this brand equity link building tactic? Uh, be patient. Be organized. Be thorough. Um, get information before you start sending out emails. You don't want to beg on your face, but you know you can really these 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 strategies do work as long as you spend the time really trying to send a message. Um, it's got to be something that's quick, short. Everybody's busy, so don't send anything long and, and crazy. Send something quick, but really targeted, 
And that's going to mean something different to every single target. So you need to spend the time to really think about what, you know, what you need to try. And as you keep on doing, you're going to fail a lot when you're starting. As you keep on doing these, you're going to start to see a trend. Sometimes it's a trend in certain industries. If you're working in certain industries, if you're, if you're all over the place, it's going to be longer to learn. But if you're, let's say you're just targeting people in, you know, B2B or manufacturing, you're going to start eventually seeing things that are more appealing to that audience um, which helps you, you know, capitalize on it as you continue going forward. Things do get easier, but you will always have a low conversion rate. Expect for that. Doesn't mean that it's going to have a low impact. Those big links are really, truly worth getting in, in Google's uh, environment today. Wonderful. Uh, where can people go to stay in touch with you? They can follow me on Twitter at Bill Sebald, B-I-L-L-S-E-B-A-L-D. Uh, GreenLaneSEO.com is our website. Um, I blog a lot. I tweet a lot. So you, you might see me around in other places as well. Well, Bill, thanks so much for, for your time. I really appreciate what you just talked about and you coming on the show and, and sharing a lot of value with, with my audience. Uh, I really hope to have you again in the future, man. Thank you. I, I loved it. It was very fun. All right. All right. I hope you enjoyed our interview with Bill. For any questions or for everything mentioned in this episode, head on over to rebelgrowth.com forward slash Bill. And until next week, guys, go out, implement, and keep on growing.